Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. What is time? What is this world and this life that we live in? I don't know, but did we kind of accidentally bring this pandemic upon us? Because it does seem to be tying in pretty well with how we're reading the end timeline of these books. I like to think of it as a coping mechanism like the world protested animals ending on our podcast more like i can escape into a much more preposterous but still realistic sort of end is nigh story Mm. while an Mm -hmm. actual one is happening it's like a weird form of escapism for me and it's helping me cope and it's also reinforcing the idea that um you can't be solidly right or wrong about something there's shades of gray there's nuance and there's different ways that people are affected by trauma and especially in the last few years for reasons um president reasons um i think (laughs) there's been a lot of like increased polarization where it's like, if you have any sort of, like, right-leaning viewpoints, you're a Nazi. And it's yeah. just not like that. And, like, people are so scared and they don't know who to trust. So if you have any sort of, like, if you say anything remotely problematic, then they, you're viewed as an enemy. And Animorphs just kind of reinforces the idea that, like, we're all trying to do our best, but sometimes we have to fuck up a little bit. I don't know. I appreciate that, Yeah. I just, I've been thinking about it a lot. It's, it's like not afraid to get into the nitty gritty and get into really serious nuanced topics. And I just really appreciate that. Me too. And I'm sorry everything can't be all hanky panky good and pure. I, I don't know if hanky panky fit into that That, sentence. That is. Yeah, that was a, that was the wrong (laughs) term to use. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That is for, for sex things. That is a sex word. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit um, brain dead and tired, admittedly. So Aww. if I say things that don't make sense, that is why. And that is my It's only an audio podcast. People don't come here for the words. Yeah. <laughs> or the ideas. No. <laughs> no, I just to not to make it more serious, to not to not um, cheapen all of what you just said with shitty fucking jokes. That is absolutely true. And it's super important to be able, especially now, to understand shit from another person's perspective. I've, I've really come to appreciate Cassie in particular, who I feel like is always trying to take the moral high ground and like do the right thing. But like she's constantly finding herself in positions where she can't. 
and she has to choose the lesser of two evils. And I, I don't know. I'm just really coming to appreciate her a lot more. I, I don't, okay. I'll just admit right now, I have appreciated Cassie so much on this read through. And I don't know if it's because when I'm reading these with just myself, I have nobody to answer to but myself. Uh And now like, I, I have to answer to a broader audience. And therefore, I'm thinking about this in a much more conscientious way than just I'm mad or I like this. (laughs) But I have come to appreciate Cassie so much. And uh, I'm not as disgusted with her as I normally am at this point. Okay. (laughs) I don't approve of what she did, but, like, I'm not... Like, you you knew all the the disgust I brought into the start of this reading when I was just coming off the end of another reread. Uh Uh-huh. And I just... I don't even have that level of disgust within me now as we sit here on this precipice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It'll be interesting to see how you feel doing read-throughs by yourself in the future. Like, oh my god, and I need for to me take, too. Like six months off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not like, oh, you should immediately read this after we finish this podcast. But yeah. like, yeah, I think I don't know. And like that goes for me too. It's like how much, how much is going to be like ingrained in with the podcast stuff versus how am I just going to yeah. feel just reading this on my own. For sure. That it really does change things in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um I have no segue into this book if this is what <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was trying to think. I was like Ugh. Yeah. I'm just I'm not ready. I'm not sure I'm ready either. Well, and this book is I feel like just gonna be really hard for me to say anything about it because it's it's just it ends on such a note that it's like you need to immediately read the next one again i I just have reactionary stuff at this point because it's such an action-packed ride where you're just getting pelted with information and and i was just taking it as it came and just kind of slowly exploding in my heart who do you think wrote it i don't know I don't even know at this point. I know Applegate comes in at some point. I'm assuming she writes the last book, but I have no idea about this one. No. Did you want to take a guess or did you want me to just tell you? I will say she wrote this one. She did. Yes! (laughs) I feel like she would have wanted the last Jake book. Me too. Yeah. Oh, no. And there were several points throughout this book that, like, I saw, like, because we've picked these apart so much, I just saw, like, a hallmark of her writing and I was just like, everyone was like this deep breath of like, oh, God, so good. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I needed that like comfort blanket of familiar writing during this nonstop goddamn thrill ride of a book. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like it's been really hard for me, especially in like the past 10 books or so, just to differentiate writing tone. Um, yeah. You know, like there are several books that stand out obviously, for, you know, various reasons. Mm-hmm. But the last ten have just been so good, Beaver Book notwithstanding. Yeah. That it's just... I've just kind of stopped guessing. <laughs> yeah, it's they really homogenized it super well, other than the mm-hmm. Beaver Book, in these last, you know, the last arc of the story, for sure. Yeah. And, like, the only way I've been able to tell is, is like, 
if it's bad and I didn't like it, it probably wasn't Applegate. (laughs) (laughs) Which doesn't help. (laughs) Alright. Shall we talk about this? Let's turn our laugh tears into real tears. (laughs) Honestly, I'm going to rush through the first chapter because I just want to talk about chapter two. Okay. Terrible. (laughs) The first chapter is fucking amazing. I don't know why I'm rushing through it. Whatever. It's got lots. It's got lots of information that I've been wondering about for a long time. Yeah, exactly. That's why I want to get into it. Okay, let's go through chapter one. Okay. Jake, Marco, and Tobias are drifting over the destruction of the Yerk Pool, watching as bugfighters are torching homes and buildings around the crater that they've created. They watch as prized gardens and carefully tended lawns are burnt into cinders, and there are pillars of smoke off to the south. There's no vehicles moving since stoplights are broken and every street surrounding the area is jammed up with cars to the point where people can't even move. So they're watching as people are fleeing their homes with all of the belongings they can carry on their backs. There's a news helicopter sweeping over trying to take, you know, video of the damage. And Jake starts wondering out loud if this is a display of force. And Marco and Tobias are like, no, they're burning a giant circle around the blown up pool. This is a display of trying to make sure the area is clear so they can see anything approaching. And Jake's like, ah, genius. They're afraid of us. They start wondering what the fuck when they see F-16 jets starting to streak in in the distance. And it's only moments after these jets arrive that three out of the four of them are shot out of the sky with no chance of escape. There's no parachute. No way the guys could have ejected in time. It's the bug fighters go after them, shoot them down. They're dead. The final plane skims super low and then pulls up, punching the afterburn, and the Yerks let them go, but then they turn towards the news helicopter, which is, seconds later, a charred cinder spiraling to the ground. And Tobias, of course, is the one that spots the pool ship first, descending to where the Yerk pool used to be. Chapter one is so scary. It's super scary. But let's go ahead and get to the introduction of chapter two, where we have a good old-fashioned... I can't tell you who we are or where we are, but things are real bad. Here's the Yerks and here's us. This is book 53, people. If you have not read the books up until now, go the fuck back. Yeah, yeah. This is happening. (laughs) This is happening, but this isn't actually our usual thing because what we find out is that we are talking to Jake Berenson, who is (gasps) 16 years old. (gasps) He's been fighting this war for three years since he was 13, and now things are very bad. Oh, no. A last name and age and and how long he's been fighting. It was so... Yeah, how did this hit you? Um, I was excited. I was like, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Berenson. Berenson. I was kind of expecting, like, the other names to be revealed though nope i guess they don't matter nope it's just jake Jake. is rachel also a baronson i think that's the general consensus oh so we never find out no what (laughs) okay well yeah again it doesn't matter so (laughs) uh they're all older than i thought they would be yeah yeah i thought they were gonna top out at like 15 But I didn't expect it to be three years as well. Just because time's been really screwy, I thought it would be like two years, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, three years. Holy shit. These poor kids. From 13 to now. (sighs) 
this was the book that I had to read when you asked me how old they were. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they tell us. And I like immediately skip to this book. So I'm like, I know Jake introduces himself and I think he tells us. Okay. So like, I guess I was also thinking, so you know, um, cartoons where like time isn't really linear and the kids are like constantly in like fourth grade or whatever for like mm-hmm. a thousand episodes. I guess like I was also kind of like wondering how much of that was going to be in here. Surprise! Yeah, like surprisingly not, right? Yeah, they uh, they kept the secret really well. Good job, Jake and Co. They super did, and I'm glad that you were still surprised and delighted by this because it means I didn't spoil this for you, even though I read it to tell you facts 21 books ago. Oh my god! <laughs> Good job, everyone. We did it. Good job, guys. We killed it, everybody. This is, yeah, Mr. that's true. Berenson. It's not just me. Everybody in the Andalite Bandalites group on our Animorphs Anonymous page and the Discord. Good job, all. Pat yourselves on the back. Pat each other on the back in a large circle of back pats. Well, eventually. I, we'd have to figure out a meeting space. You know what? Fuck that. Scrap We're in that. a pandemic. It's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Don't do anything ever, I guess. Yeah. Don't leave your homes. Just be proud of yourselves in silence. <laughs> i felt really like ron swans in there for a second like i gave them a curt nod what else could i possibly have done the highest <laughs> form of flattery that's true i shook his hand twice any more would be excessive oh <laughs> uh, okay sorry mr baronson I, I'm suspecting now that you're not entirely liking of this last name. No, it's fine. Okay. I just I just wanted to be Agent Smith for a minute. What if it was like Jake Falcon? What? <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be a different sort of book, I think. Change what your name, Jake. Jake. My name's Jake Falcon and I save the world. That's that's his way of unraveling. He's like, I had a real last name, but nothing fucking matters anymore. So I'm going to pick my own name, Jake Falcon. And then in the last book, it's just him going insane slowly in an asylum. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So they're like, come on, Jake Berenson. You didn't fight a war. It's been fine. What are you talking um, about? It was all a hallucination. It was all a hallucination. You've been in the cell for three years. I will be so upset if that's what happened. Oh my god. And then we find out that like Rachel is like the woman that works at intake or like or no, she'd probably be like a CO and then Cassie oh. would be the one that like works at intake that's nice to him, that like gives him his drugs every day. And, like, oh no. Marco's the funny guard that jokes with him and like plays into his fantasies because he knows like I'm working here and these guys, you know, they're not all right in the head, but like you gotta be nice to him and oh, Tobias is like a sad other person in a cell across the way. Oh no, I hate this. (laughs) Turns out that Axe is just like his psychoanalyst, but he's always like wearing protective equipment so he looks weird. So Jake fantasized he was an alien the whole time. Oh my god. What is this fan fiction? What is this thing you've done? (laughs) Shit. That's not what this book is about. Wow, we're really not getting into this. (laughs) I'm assuming that doesn't happen. (laughs) It doesn't happen. I already had to change, like, three of the things I said in this fan fiction to fit better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. All right. Aw. Uh, Aw, Homer could still be the cute therapy dog. Like, he's the only <gasps> one that makes it through to Jake's fantasy world. Oh, my God. That's adorable. That's cute. I love therapy animals. We have to talk about this book. 
We do. We have to talk about this book. So there is now open warfare after all these years of subversive fighting, but his team is still intact. They had survived thus far and mostly had done well. Uh, He mentions Cassie's recently betrayed them, you know, by letting their greatest weapon, the power to morph, fall into your hands, blah, blah, blah. But then Jake starts wondering if this was his fault as well. Because he thinks that if he had been stronger, then perhaps Cassie wouldn't have doubted him and felt the need to step in and save his soul. Oh, no. Yeah, so Jake's also playing a blame game for this. Um, But he's like, now I have no more time for doubts. Now we have to work through how to destroy the pool ship. Da-da-da. So we cut to the Council of War where they are meeting in the Horkbizur Valley, which we get some more details about here. It's like in the mountains in a hidden valley that's like very low lying. So it's constantly filled with fog, which is creepy and cool. That's awesome. That's that's the coolest valley you guys could have picked. That's so rad and mysterious. (laughs) It is rad and mysterious. And it's in a mountain, which are the best places for secret bases, apparently. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, so <laughs> the war council is meeting and Jake is listening as all of the parents say their bullshit things, uh, except for Ava. She doesn't say bullshit things. She is the only exception of the parents. And she's pointing out that Visitor 3 is going to be expecting them to attack the ship. And like, you know, anything that he sees as an excuse to start blasting away, he's gonna start blasting away. And then the other parents start saying shit like Naomi's like, I pay taxes and my taxes go to the military. So we should let the military handle it. Fuck off, Naomi. You're a bitch again. We liked you, and now we hate you again. God. Naomi with the money. Naomi with the fucking money. Your taxes aren't paying shit. You're on the lam. You don't pay shit, Naomi. God. And, like, Rachel's basically like, Mom, shut the fuck up, man. Because she's like, my daughter isn't going to be fighting in battles anymore and rachel's like mom I love rachel just laughs in her face she laughs in her face and she's like literally i will be fighting in a battle even if jake says we're not doing this i'm doing this i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh i love rachel rachel's the best so um cassie's parents are also there they have their peaceful agenda blah 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 uh jake is suppressing his annoyance at everybody but he he's like it's also making him kind of doubt himself. He's like, when it's a few people, I know I can bounce ideas off of them. This is so many people that I can't cut through all the noise to, like, get at what I need to. So mm-hmm. he's basically like, all right, everybody fucking leave except for Ava, Toby, Marco, Rachel, Tobias, and Axe. He says it. He realizes a split second later he excluded Cassie. And she's looking at him like she's been slapped. And he's basically like, it's too late to take it back. Go. Like, fuck it. I don't know. Is and it Tobias is... It's not! It's not! You he kind of just oh, been like, oh, and Cassie. Sorry. Yeah, like, yeah. what the... My bad. Fuck? They just... Yeah. That kind of bothered me, honestly. <laughs> and it, honestly, if she looks like... If she's looking really hurt, all you have to do to recover from this situation, life hack people, is just go, and Cassie. But you just have to do the long and. Like, as if this whole thing was just ellipses <laughs> leading to a long, dramatic and. That's all you have to do. Recover. Most importantly, Cassie. <laughs> and last but not least, Cassie. But yeah. instead, he's like, I've made my bet. I'm going to lay in it. <laughs> I know. Like, you literally could have fixed this. And in his head, he's like, oh, shit, that was a mistake. I meant Cassie, too. I just didn't say her name because I'm so tired and confused. Like, literally, this is just, come on, Jake. All you had to do was admit to this one minor slip up. 
It's not and like this, they're all going to be like, he's nuts now, guys. Yeah, and it's like this this builds and this becomes like a big fucking thing. And it's like, it was so avoidable. <laughs> it was so avoidable. But if you want a really, really quick way to make Tobias hella fucking mad at you, just forget Cassie. And Tobias Ugh. will be like, you motherfucker, how could you? <laughs> <laughs> Tobias was really mad in this whole book. Tobias has a chip on his shoulder for this entire book. And he then... Does. It doesn't get better. It's not like we come to a conclusion. It's like it, it just gets worse. I feel James bad. is there too. Oh yeah, right? fuck. Yeah. Much like Jake, I completely forgot to mention somebody. But unlike Jake, watch this. And James was there too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> wow. It worked, didn't it? Seamless. It, did. it was fine. Seamless. <laughs> so they go to their smaller meeting. And they're all discussing the plans. And Toby finally weighs in because Jake mentions a few times, like her opinion is one of the more important ones in this group. And she's like, straight destroying that pool ship would be a lot of waste. There, We could do better shit than destroy it. And they're like, what are you talking about? She's like, they have hork controllers. They have guns. It is a ship. Like that is a big ship with a lot of tech. We could use that. And Axe is like, yeah. It would be great if we could capture the ship, but it's impossible. And then he starts laying out all the reasons why it's impossible. Like, they have an encrypted system, and the code changes every hour. So even if he broke in, if he missed it by a minute, they'd have, you know, it'd be a whole other hour to break in. They don't know when it's going to change, and like, blah, 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 blah. All these reasons why. And Jake's like, that's still our best bet, though. So we're going to go with a distraction, try to break in. Um... And then Jake goes through a lot of really internalized, like, planning. Like, Visitor 3 is going to make assumptions about what we're doing. And no matter what, he's going to think the distraction is us trying to get on the pool ship. So instead of us trying to get on the pool ship, we have to be on the pool ship already. And he says this out loud, and everybody's like, great idea, Jake. Awesome. You have a plan. And in Jake's head, he's like, I did not have a plan. <laughs> I just came up with that off the dome. I just said that. It just sounded good. I said it out loud. It felt good. I have nothing beyond that. (laughs) (laughs) So this tiny, smaller council disbands with everybody being like, great job, Jake. Good job. And Tobias immediately is like, Jake, what you did to Cassie was beyond wrong. And Jake's like, okay, like, come on, Tobias. I'm going to need you to go, like, scout out that pillar of smoke we saw earlier and, like, do that shit. And, like, you know, if you have the time after berating me, Tobias... And Tobias doesn't even respond. He just takes off. He's like, fuck you. I'm done with this shit. Wow. Yeah. And Marco is also giving Jake a look. Like, you fucked up, dude. But uh, he doesn't say that. But he did look like he was looking at. He was giving him a look. You fucked up, Jake. And Jake's like, immediately like, I didn't mean to exclude Cassie like that. It was an accident. And Marco's like, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Got it. Cool. So he tells Tobias to fuck off. But then he confides (laughs) in Marco. (laughs) This whole book, it felt like Marco very clearly rose to second in command. Yeah. Aww. Well, I mean, of of all of them, Marco's the, the most complete in his character arc and probably has his head on straight. True. <laughs> More than anyone else, but I don't know. I think we should put Rachel in charge. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wholeheartedly disagree. (laughs) I do not agree with (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. 
man. Uh, yeah. Jake basically is like, fuck it. I didn't mean it. Marco's like, yeah, whatever, dude. And Jake's like, uh, so who's in charge, Marco? Tell me who would be in charge in the military. And Marco's like, there's probably somebody for like every branch in the area, like Air Force, Army, whatever. And Jake's like, I want you to try to find the guy in charge of all of them. And also the Chi. And this is the first mention of like the Chi's house is completely destroyed. The underground complex is probably okay, but they cannot get through to communicate with them. So they are totally cut off from the Chi and have been since the town blew up. Um, Jake then sends Marco off. He's like, go work with Axe, find out about all this shit. And then like in like one of the greatest transition <laughs> transitions of all time, Jake's like, within an hour, everybody had returned. Here's what we know now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tobias had scouted out that what they were building was a giant open air yerk pool. It's heavily guarded right now. The taxon are like working on it and there's some cool rail shit up top. Um, Marco had found out that General Doubleday was the guy that's in charge of the area's military and he's hidden away in another mountain fortress complex, which is awesome. (laughs) Jake's then like, okay, we got to go visit that guy. The Animorphs will go. All of us will leave the auxiliary team to guard the valley. And, um... Then he's like, all of us are going? And Tobias is like, good, Jake. I'm glad all of us are going. You get to go tell Cassie yourself. You should tell her in person. And Jake just turns to Marco and says, Marco, go get everybody. (laughs) What the? (sighs) And he's like, I don't often feel like a coward. But in this moment, I did. And it's like, yeah, because why was it so hard to go tell Cassie yourself? Exactly. And I don't know. Why is... Tobias in particular being so like down his throat about this. Good question, Tobias. Why don't you focus on the communication lines in your own relationship before you go poking around in other people's? That's what it felt like, honestly. <laughs> I, I just I didn't understand. Whatever. It's easier to critique other people's. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. I'm both arguing against and for Tobias. <laughs> but one thing I did want to note at this point is that this Jake book feels very different to me from the other ones because Jake is so introspective in this book and not in the whole, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm looking towards past military for this, which he is, but, like, in a much more mature way. Like, this is very much, here's how I'm feeling. He analyzes it, and then he comes to a decision based on that instead Mm -hmm. of, like, normally it's, like, I'm looking out for Tobias, for Rachel, for Cassie, for Marco. Like, he's not doing all of that kind of lookout. This is how they're going to react. This is how my team's going to go. Like, that's second nature. Now we're all about talking about Jake. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting switch, I thought. But I liked it. I liked it a lot. Like, his transformation through this book is just, oh, so good. There's so many good moments. I shouldn't, I shouldn't talk about <laughs> it now. <laughs> I'm just telling you, there's good shit ahead. <laughs> There's very good shit ahead. Uh, the Animorphs head off to the complex in the mountain to go talk to General Doubleday, which is double and day. But I kept spelling it Dubaday because somehow my L after the D just didn't want to work. My Dubaday is were... pretty cool. Dubaday. General Dubaday. But it's Doubleday. Dubaday. But if I say it wrong, it's because I'm reading it wrong and I'm sorry. I caught myself many times, but I can see right here, clear, underlined in red, where I fucked up. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay, so anyways, um, the Animorphs approach the complex, and they have noted that, like, it's super kind of outdated. There's cobwebs and and all the rafters, and the computers look like they were from many years prior. (laughs) 
And outside, there's soldiers at the ready with guns. They're standing to attention. Inside, there's the bureaucrat officers scurrying around. And Jake's like, it took zero minutes to infiltrate. We flew right in as dragonflies. It was fine. (laughs) And they quickly and easily followed the stream of soldiers that were communicating with each other up to the head honcho. They just followed, like, if a guy would report, they'd go with the next guy. That guy would report, they'd go with that guy. Pretty simple. Like, dang, smooth. Love it. Nice. Good job, guys. You've learned a lot. I'm proud of you. Um, And Jake, who normally this would be a huge thing, just lands right in the middle of the conference table and starts demorphing. And it's like everybody goes on high alert. And it's a lot of like, draw your weapons. Don't move. What is it? Shoot. Don't fire. And Jake just gets fully demorphed. He's like, yo, I'm Jake. And like two MPs like grab him, slam him onto the floor, slam his head into the ground, cuff him. And Jake's like, this is a mistake. And Doubleday's like, no, it's not. Blah, blah, blah. Bureaucratic shit. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So the MPs take off Jake. They throw him in a cell. Three minutes later, he's demorphing on Doubleday's desk with the same results. (laughs) Three minutes later, he was demorphing on Doubleday's desk with the same results. Fucking God. (laughs) Three minutes later, he was demorphing again. Jesus fucking Christ. I loved this. He was like, this is my plan. I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Uh, and this was, okay, so this was super awesome. So the fourth time was when Doubleday is like, okay, don't arrest this kid. He's just going to come back. And Jake's like, we need your help. We need you to, to make a distraction with all of your officers and whatever. And Doubleday is like, red in the face, like, listen, son, I don't take orders from you, blah, blah, higher I'm the very blah, model blah, of a modern major general. <laughs> chomping on a cigar. It was noted that there were several of these guys chomping on cigars in this conference room. Yeah, because smoking cigars in an underground base is a great idea. It's the 90s. No, it's the early 2000s? I don't know. When was smoking in bases outlawed? (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, so anyways, Jake is like, this guy with like all these stars is yelling at me. And he's pointing out like, do you see my three stars? It means I'm blah, 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 blah. I didn't write any of this down. I don't care. Jake is like staring at his face, getting all red. And Jake's like, I... This doesn't even register on my fear scale. I have faced so much shit. This means nothing to me. What are you going to do? Throw your stars at me? Ooh, I'm scared. Jake doesn't give a shit. Um, and so he's basically like going off on a spiel after Doubleday finishes his thing about like how, listen, you don't know who you can trust. The orders that you're following could be from the enemy. Your command only extends as far as the first year in your ranks, blah, blah, blah. We've heard the speech a few times at this point. And almost to prove his point, they notice that some of the other high-ranking military officials in the room are starting to level their guns at Jake. And Doubleday's like, put it away. And they're like, no. And then they start discussing amongst themselves. They're like, we, should, we, could, we could bring him back alive. Visitor One would want him alive, right? And they're like, too big a risk. Let's kill him. And like literally out in the open having this discussion about it. And they level the gun at Jake before Jake, like, gives a signal and a wolf springs out from under the conference table right up into the throat of the guy with the gun leveled at Jake. And then a gorilla flips the table, which is insanely heavy and made of wood, right over with no effort at all and gives a friendly tap to the other controller guy. (laughs) Smack. Literally just smack. Uh, At that point, Rachel and Tobias, who are posing as the guards, demorph. And they're just, like, literally humans holding guns demorph into humans holding guns. Except these ones are compactor and childisher and Wait, cuter. But they were human guards. Yeah, but you, t- Tobias morphed back into a bird. 
I guess so. Holding a gun? I don't know. <laughs> was it to, was it Rachel and Tobias or Rachel and Axe? I could be confusing. I think it was Rachel and Axe. Rachel and Axe. Okay. Okay. But Tobias is in the next scene because yep. they both go to Horkbizer immediately after yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good. Sometimes reading is hard, guys. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Oh. That's not true. I could do better. But I'm so. doing something. <laughs> Anyways. Um... At this point, Double Day's like, all right, whatever, we'll listen to your shit. But then the whole base starts being rocked by explosions, and Jake gets shot across the room and, like, hits his head and, like, starts to stand up, and then another giant explosion, and Marco, like, steadies Jake through the second blast. And Jake just has this total 16-year-old moment where he's like, oh, it's just never easy, is it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, rightfully so, but it's still funny from a 16-year-old. My God, really? Why does this have to happen? Really? God... I'm always having to do stuff. Of course, God. There's always stuff to do. Can it ever just, like, not be like that? <laughs> That's how I feel, too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've said this recently. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, can't ever Get just out of my head, Applegate. <laughs> God damn it, she knows. Uh, Jake starts going to Tiger as the base is under attack. And Jake's like, of course they would know the second that we got here, the base was wired. And then he's like, actually, maybe they're attacking the base to get to Double Day and they don't know we're here. That would be chill as fuck. <laughs> uh, then there's Dragon Fire in the hallway. An officer that is not a controller leans out the door to take up a shooting position and is literally lanced in half. Like, shot in half with a Dragon Beam. Ew! His gun falls to the floor because he is lanced in half. And then somebody catches it. I don't know. Right, or Tobias or Axe or somebody. Um, and they've gone hork They take up intimidating positions and yell into the hallway, stop firing, because they're now pretending to be the enemy. It's awesome. It works for all of 30 seconds until they start escorting Doubleday out of the room. And they're stopped by a human controller that's like, and what unit are you with? And at that moment, Axe jumps out into the hallway. There's a moment of, like, everybody freezes because they're shock and surprise. And then somebody goes, Andalite! And Axe just goes, surprise! And then leaps <laughs> into the fray. <laughs> yeah, I love him. I love this moment. And I love that Jake was like, sometimes I think he's almost developed a sense of humor. Almost. Aww. So Jake orders Marco to get Doubleday out of there. And he and Axe run into this fight with Rachel and Tobias close in behind him. It's a frenzy. There's people firing. Jake is taking super heavy damages. Like, he is being shot up a lot. And, like, he's missing his tail after not long at all. No, Um, how will he bounce? He won't. He can never bounce again. No. This is the end of bounce. No. Uh, after a few moments, Marco calls out that Double Day is clear, but Jake says to Marco, don't leave him. He, uh, he meaning Jake, and Axe are fighting their way into a hangar area. And at this point, Jake and the tiger, who, you know, are Jake's like relying on tiger instincts to like shred during this battle. Mm-hmm. They've both realized that they're outnumbered and they cannot win this. And then the firing from above them doubles in intensity. And that's when Jake hears Double Day say, don't hit the tiger or the blue thing. The blue thing. The blue thing. I mean, you know, in the moment, doesn't know anything about X. So I guess that's a reasonable thing to call him. But also, like, damn. But X did not get offended. Okay. So at this point, Jake orders Rachel and Tobias to fall back because there's no way the soldiers will know the difference between good hork and bad hork And uh, as Jake's doing that, he gets hit by this insane blow to the back with one of the razor blades of the Hork-Bajur. And he is paralyzed. He is, like, cut in half through and through. 
and he twists his upper body around to try getting at this hork visitor, but he ends up just kind of batting uselessly on his back because, you know, he's cut in half and paralyzed and shit. Damn. Um, and so this hork is about to come down on him again and slice him to finish the job when he takes a round of fire to the chest. And Jake is bleeding out, dying. He's kind of losing it a little bit. So he's he doesn't demorph. He thinks, oh, I need to demorph. And then he kind of swims out of it a little bit. And he starts focusing on the walkway above him. And he sees this man taking aim. And he's like, I can't do anything. Like, I'm kind of stuck here. Nobody's going to take notice of this guy. And he can't call out. And a second later, Axe is over top of him, fighting off the hork protecting him. Oh. But Axe has not noticed the man that is aiming at Jake's head. So the guy takes a shot, and he actually hits Jake right in the head, but doesn't kill him. He, like, hits the side of his face. There's another beat as the soldier is taking aim again, and then there's a brown blur as a grizzly bear appears next to Axe, barreling through the hork ready to fight, but still neither of them have noticed this soldier. So Jake is, like, making eye contact with this guy, watching him aim, when all of a sudden this gray and white blur hits the soldier in the side of the head, and it's James in Falcon Morph. And Jake's like, of course, a bird of prey would be able to see where this guy was looking and take note. And so Jake just goes, thanks, James. That was really nice of you. And then, like, kind of drifts off a little more. And then Marco grabs him and starts screaming, demorph. And Jake just goes, oh, okay. <laughs> also, also, there was a moment where... Um... Cassie as a wolf jumped off of Rachel's shoulder to attack somebody. And I was just like, that's so cool. They're so badass. Back at camp, the whole team was sitting together eating cold cereal. There was going to be a three-day delay because after this whole battle happened, Jake explained to Doubleday that they, you know, have to quarantine because they need to have a clean army. And they're like, of course. And like Doubleday is one of those old school, like, not my dudes and jake's like all the dudes we already proved it to you (laughs) so he reluctantly agrees to it um however this three-day delay might mean that the yerk pool is completed by then so they're like okay now we have two impossible missions we gotta go kill this yerk pool as well and rachel's like blow it up (laughs) and jake's like i know that she didn't mean it she's just playing her part so whatever rachel doesn't even respond to her um and then uh, now I'm lost. I was so I got so intense with the blow it up. Oh, so Tobias was the one that weighs in next. And also blowing up a hole in the ground is a terrible idea, actually. Backtrack one second. All you're going to do is make a bigger hole in the ground. <laughs> so also Fair. that, Rachel. Nobody said that to her, but I did think that, and I wanted to let her know. Terrible plan. Tobias, on the other hand, suggests, suggests they collapse in the sides of it, which would work better. And he also mentioned that there's some structure around it. And Axe is like, okay, that's going to be a weapons mount for sure. One of the biggest like issues with the OG pool was that they couldn't defend it. So they're going to not fuck that up again. Now they know they need lots of things to protect it. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. And it's Cassie who finally goes, we can't really destroy the pool. We have to destroy the digging equipment. And Jake is like, whoa, Cassie, the digging equipment is taxons. You're suggesting we destroy the taxons. And Cassie's like, yeah. And Jake's like, I can't tell if she's trying to be ruthless to fit in or just state the obvious, but that's fucked up. I just, I loved it. It's so against her character. I mean, she's made a bunch of suggestions that are against her character, like the whole, like, recruiting the differently abled kids as well. Yeah. But, like, man, she, yeah. 
She really gets wacky. Yeah. Uh, Jake says he has to go see Toby because she has to be in on this fight, too. And that's the end of that. And this just harkened back to a day when we were like, let's destroy the Earth Movers. Whee! Oh, yeah. Oh, I was no. thinking about that and mourning the loss of our collective between us childhoods when we first started reading these books. Oh. Okay. This is very serious now. Get sad. No. No, get serious. Get serious first, then get sad. Why so serious? Because this is why I'm so serious. Jake has to give an order that he has never given before, but things are different now, and they can no longer fight with a sense of valor that they did before. He has to order the Animorphs, the Auxiliary Team, and the Free hork to go and kill. That is the only order. Kill Taxon. So there's more to this mission, but that's really... We're focused on how there's this line that he crossed, barely knowing where the lines were anymore. He still knew that this was new and different mm-hmm. and probably bad. Mm-hmm. So they fly in as bats because Tobias noticed some bats there earlier. Good scouting job, Tobias. Gold star for you. <laughs> They blend in perfectly. It's all good. They get there. They're observing all of these taxon wriggling through the earth like giant worms. And they scout out this place where there's like kind of a crevice where they can morph. They send Axe in first because, you know, he's dangerous as himself. The others all have to go through their sad human bodies before they can be cool bodies. <laughs> I'm such a sad human body. I am a sad human body. It's kind of true. <sighs> Whatever. They make it to battle morphs. And then Jake's like, let's go. And gives a countdown. He says, countdown from three. And then he said, three, two, go. And I was like, that's not a countdown from three. That's a stupid countdown, Jake. That's not a countdown. You have to hit one unless you do this all. It didn't. Okay. Sorry. That was my personal issue. I'm thinking of like rocket launch countdowns where it's like they get down to three and then they like say a bunch of shit, but don't actually continue the countdown. You know what I'm talking about? Uh... It's like I'm, I'm having tip of the tongue syndrome where like... It's like they go like six, five, four, three, preparing to launch, blah, 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 blah. And then the rocket launches, but they don't actually get yeah. down to one. Anyway. Yes. But see, that makes sense because you're counting down on the beats. Whereas Jake was... It, it would be like going, we're going to launch this rocket. Three, two, launch. Like, <laughs> it was two, too okay, soon. Go. Yeah, exactly. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> it's like what... I think it was Cassie did when when she was, like, resetting a bone or something. And she was like, I'm going to count down to three. Three, snap! Okay, but that makes, there's a reason for that. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> None of the Animorphs complain about this. This is just my personal complaints yeah. I'd like to, to air publicly. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Whatever. Um, they all go in. They all literally just start killing Taxon. There's a lot of slashing. Um, The coolest one, the coolest vignette we get in here is that Rachel punches through one of the taxons. She's an elephant morph with her giant tusk Uh and then flips her head back and tears open the top third of the taxon and like just sends it flying. The fuck, Rachel? Awesome. Um, And Marco's a cheetah. He's like just running in and like bouncing off of them, leaving these slash marks and then they like eat each other. Yeah, because that's all you have to do. They're so vulnerable. Yeah. And that's he mentions like Axe is the only one fighting super logically where he's just like nicking them and then moving on. Like literally like one cut move. Yeah. Yeah. 
He could just like run through with his tail and just like slice a bunch in a row. <laughs> just like helicoptering his tail, like <laughs> Wee! Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> That's kind of cool, but still, oh my god! <laughs> and then he helicopters so much that he starts like like lifting off the ground. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! This is bad. Uh, this is a terrible thing we've done. <laughs> oh no! God, that would be so funny though if he was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Tiptoe through the tube. Okay, oh no. sorry. It's all bad. It's terrible. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a serious moment. He just gave the orders to kill. Why it's, is this so funny? It's so dark that we've looped back around to humor. Great. Cool. <laughs> cool. I'm cool, just trying cool. to cope emotionally. Cool. I'm not damaged. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> not okay. Not okay. What was oh. the egg one I said to you? Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's chaos. It attracts the controllers that are all above the pit. And then, of course, at this point, I was like, we're all in the pit. <laughs> I fell in the pit. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Um, they start firing, and Jake's like, okay, auxiliary team, move. And uh, the auxiliary team, Toby's team, they all come in. They start fighting. They're distracting the controllers above the chaos. Jake's like, okay, two minutes, and then we're out. However, one minute later, the bug fighters decide, fuck this, fuck you, we're just going to fix this. So they turn in and start firing on everybody. They're killing taxon, controllers, animals, auxiliary animals, hork They do not give a shit. They, they don't give a single shit. They just start killing everybody. They're like, fuck it. That's all. And Jake's like, okay, fuck it. Retreat. We got to get out of here. And then the ground opens up below him and swallows him. And he's like, oh, no, this was exactly what I warned everybody about. And now I've fallen trapped to my own thing. No. <laughs> and then Jake falls deep underground, his tiger body writing itself automatically until he finally hit dirt and his four paws absorbed all of the impact because tigers are good at this shit. Cats are cool at landing Cats on their feet. Cats are great. If Unless he had had enough. toast on his back, he'd be fucked. What? Have you ever heard that toast, the butter side up toast? Cat oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for anybody that doesn't know what that is, there's something that says... Toast always lands buttered side down, but cats always land on their feet. So if you strapped a piece of toast butter side up to a cat's back, it would just spin infinitely <laughs> forever. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to animate this. Just make I like wish a, you would. A shitty flash animation. <laughs> just a cat spinning. <laughs> <laughs> with toast strapped onto it yes. with a belt. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Please animate that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, uh, no toast, Jake lands it, it's fine. And then he's like, I can't see shit, but I can smell shit, and I smell taxon. Gross. And then the ground gives way again, but this time it's like a really cool slide. <laughs> it's in a super smooth tunnel, and he's like trying to dig in with his claws, but he can't because like the sides are too slippery. Ew. And he's just literally like going down this cool slide for like 30 seconds. But it's probably like taxon lube. Yeah, it absolutely is taxon lube that hardened into a glass-like surface. Sick! Yes, he's sliding down this tunnel. Gross. And he eventually gets to the bottom of it, where there's just enough light to see three taxon holding draken beams on him. 
And he kind of thought speak yells for his friends, but there's no answer. And he's like, I'm fucked. I'm so deep underground. They can't hear me. This is not great. And uh, he's like, there's no way I can take all three Taxons with guns. And then one of the Taxons starts thought speaking to him. Oh calls him God. Jake. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jake gets the distinct impression this might be an Andalite sounding oh voice. Oh, my God. They then like, listen to us, Jake. We have to talk to you. And he's like, I have no choice. You have guns. They drop the guns. And the other Taxons are like the Taxon falls suit with the guy, the original guy who dropped a gun. And then he starts speaking to him. And he's like, great. Now you can kill all three of us. So you're good, Jake. You're going to listen to us? And Jake's like, sure. And we find out that this is Arbron. LeBron! LeBron James LeBron makes James. a comeback. He's back. He's still alive. Holy shit. He's ancient in tax in years probably i have no idea oh my god he's i at like at one point you asked me if we ever heard from him again i think it was in andalite chronicles like oh really yeah i i have it might have been in real life and not podcast life but there was one point where you're like (laughs) do we ever see our it's a different life like, do we ever see him again after he gets, like, abandoned to the taxon thing? And I was like, I don't know. But I knew. It's now. We do see him again. Holy I lied to you. Sh- oh, my God. <laughs> He's back. Yeah. He's back. And he, like, very kind of similarly to Tobias, now accepts the taxon of his, as his people. He leads the taxon. Yay. Fucking nuts. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. So he's now speaking for his people, and he's telling Jake that he wants to ally with the Animorphs to defeat the Yerks, because the only way that his people can get out of this horrific lifestyle that they lead is because of the morphing technology. He can see a way out now. Whereas before, it was like you're just trapped as a starving, hungry thing forever, and they don't want to align with the Yerks necessarily, but the Yerks feed them, so like, what are you going to do? He sees a way out, and it's through morphing. And Jake is in shock, so he's not saying almost anything. But all this shit is going through his head about, like, what does this mean? Does Arbron know that, like, it won't work for him because he's a Nothlet? And, like, what the fuck? And Arbron, as if reading his mind, is just, like, helping my people is what I want more than anything else. And Jake's like, but we don't have the cube anymore. And Arbron's like, yeah, but the Yerks will never give us the cube. And if you defeat them, you could give us the cube. Because you might do it, and they will not. And that's basically where they end this thing. They're like, can you imagine a thousand Taxon all turning on the Yerks to fight with the Animorphs? And like, end scene. Uh, So fucking crazy. Oh my god. It's so crazy. Also, I'm really liking this theme of like, so first we saw the Yerks being like, oh, we have access to morphing technology. We're free. Like, we're free of this horrible form that we're, that we're caught in and we don't have to yeah. be parasites anymore. And now it's translating over to the Taxon who are also like, hey, we fucking hate being starving, you know, unsatisfied worm monsters and we could, this is our escape. And I was like, there's a theme here. Like, do the Andalites know how significant morphing technology is? Because, like, for them, it's, like, they're, you know, they have very capable, you know, forms. They have very capable bodies. And they just created the morphing technology, like, presumably because they could. 
And it's like, you have no idea what you've made here. Like, this could impact so many other species. Yeah. And it feels like they've really underutilized it because they they, they use it, like, as a spying thing more than anything else. Yeah. Oh. But, yeah, like, the law of Ciro's kindness has blinded them mm-hmm. to the potential. Yeah. Which, like, of course it can be abused. But, oh, yeah. Like, anything can. But, like, it's just so interesting to see, like, all of these, like, miserable creatures seeing this as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very cool. It's very cool. It's very cool. Um, yes. Let's get to this next chapter. Um, Jake makes it back to the camp where everybody is mourning his death. And Marco gives him a very disappointed, oh, I guess I don't get your CD collection, huh? Too bad. (laughs) Best friend award. (laughs) Best friend ever. But it's even better because the next thing that happens is Cassie runs up to him with tears streaking down her face, like sobbing. And then she goes to hug him and then like ducks out of the hug and turns away. Like, I can't even hug you because we're fighting, but I miss you. And she's sobbing. Oh my God. Yeah. And Jake just kind of like is like, oh, who did we lose? And they're like, we lost three of Toby's people and one of the auxiliary animorphs named Ray also died. And he's like, how are James's people handling it? And they're like, not good, dude. Not good. Uh, And then Rachel shows up, who, despite having camped and lived in cabins like them for forever, (laughs) looks like she stepped out of a day spa and is impeccably dressed and clean. Okay, Legolas. (laughs) And it's like 6 a.m. And she's like, hello. (laughs) Hello, sparkles. Amazing. God, it was so good. I don't know why they took the time to say all that about Rachel, but I loved it so much. So uh, Jake says to Rachel, gather everybody. You have 15 minutes to get them all here. And it takes 20. And Jake is only mildly annoyed that it took 20. In fact, the most annoying thing was for the entire 20 minutes Marco was doing a whole, like, talk to me, 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 tell me, tell me, tell me. (laughs) Marco. And Jake is like, no, wait for the thing. And he's like, tell me, come on. I gotta know. Jake, come on. He's like, Jake, 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 Jake. (laughs) So cute. I love Marco. Oh, man. Um, And then the worst interaction of all time happens immediately after this because they gather and like naomi walks up and goes oh you're still alive what the fuck you're his aunt a bitch he's a child your blood relative child what you just stood up for him like one book ago yeah what the hell i thought she redeemed herself and now she's like back in the shithole such a bitch i hate her so much (laughs) god naomi What's your problem? Yeah. And Marco doesn't even give a shit. Marco's just like, yeah, he's super hard to kill. I know. I've been trying it for the past 20 minutes since he wouldn't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Good job diffusing the tension, Marco. Good job diffusing the tension. I'm upset that nobody gave Naomi an are you fucking kidding me? Because I would have. Yeah, that was super rude. Super rude, Naomi. I'm very disappointed in you yet again. Okay, anyways, um, Jake thinks about, like, really kind of making it, you know, schnazzy, like, 
keeping it from him for a bit, building up to it. And then, like, immediately he's like, the Jackson want a defect! Because he couldn't hold it in anymore. <laughs> it would be great. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Everybody's shocked and awed and their jaws are dropped. And it's like, holy shit, we could not only take away a lot of the Yurk forces, we have more on our side. This is amazing. And he starts talking about Arbron, and Axe visibly jerks when he hears that name. He's like, I I haven't heard that name in 50 years. But, you know, the Andalite version of that. And uh, and he also gets really weird about it, too. Like, he stresses Aris Abron. I don't know why. Yeah. That never came into play again. It was just like he threw it out there like it was a curse. Like, Aris, he knows nothing. Stupid idiot got stuck as a taxon. Yeah. Oh, that could... Uh, you know what? That's probably exactly it. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know. Because even though he yeah. came around to Aldrea choosing to become Horkager, I know it's like a different situation, but like, you know. That's true. He still has that ingrained like, ugh, and especially like, especially it's not taxon. like a cool form. Yeah, it's a taxon. Okay. What that a, makes sense. I don't know. Just maybe. Thank you. Thank you for explaining this to me. I needed help. No. <laughs> I did. Uh, so, yeah. So, Jake starts telling them all the terms. And it's that the tax would be given Morphin technology. They would become Nothlets. And Axe is like, nope, nope. The Andalites would never agree. And that's not going to happen. And every point he brings up, like that Jake brings up, Axe is like, nope, nope. They're not going to do it. This is the crowning jewel of Andalite technology. They're not going to hand it over to Taxon. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then Axe is like, it could be a trap. And Jake is kind of like, no, they had me dead to rights. They could have demanded anything. They could have demanded I brought you guys in. They didn't. They just want me to think about it and meet them back there. Um, and then Axe is like, it's a trick to make Morph capable Taxon so that the Yurks have a broader spectrum. And Jake's like, no. Not only because they could do that already and are not, but no, also because the Nothlets are, they'd be under our supervision when they become Nothlets. So, like, they agree to that already. Like, they legit just want to be Nothlets. And Axe is finally like, the council would never agree to this, but the council has kind of overstepped already and they don't know that Earth is going to be annihilated and they don't know that um, the council hasn't, Ah, shit. Okay, so there's two things going on here. Let me explain this better. Let's talk about what the military doesn't know right now. The military side of the Andalites don't know that Tobias's mom is morph-capable, Visor 1's people are now morph-capable, and that the cube is in the Yurk hands. The people on Andalite, he also points out, have no idea that the military is planning on sanitizing Earth. So he's, like, kind of playing both aspects of it to Jake. Like, here's what you have to deal with now. And it's at this point that Cassie very uncoolly blows Axe's cover and says, you have to tell them, Axe, it's time to choose. And everybody's like, oh, boy. What? Betrayal? Yeah. Basically, it turns to this whole thing about Axe having to admit that he communicated with the Andalites and Jake was enraged and Rachel threatened to kill him, but Jake cut her off. 
and Axe has to mention that they may resort to extreme measures. At the same time, in like Jake's head and a little bit out loud, Jake is amazed that Cassie was able to see this far ahead. And he's like, did you know that this, like you would give me this opportunity to ally with the Taxons by getting rid of the technology? And Cassie's like, I didn't know, but I had hoped. And it is played off. Like that decision was something that she thought would happen. And never mentioned to anyone. Never thought to mention that to anybody. Never. Well, and she only brought the Yerk defecting thing up to Axe. Right? Yeah. yeah. Cassie, why are you holding out on everybody? Yeah. Um, I was pretty impressed that she was able to sneak up on Axe, though, and, and eavesdrop on his conversations. That's like, that's like a nat 20 stealth roll right there. She did probably crit on that one. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's... I... Mm. I had some feelings about that. About, yeah, Cassie kind of... You know, like later in the book, they talk about like... They make like a chess analogy. Like Jake has mm-hmm. to like line up all the pieces or whatever. But like Cassie's kind of doing that too. Yeah. <gasps> the saddest part... No, why did I say saddest? The most accurate part is that the queen is the one that can move all over the board. <gasps> oh no! What have you done? Me <laughs> personally? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what is this thought you've instilled in me? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are how many pieces? How many different kinds of pieces are there in chess? Bishop. Knight, king, queen, pawn, rook? That's six pieces. There's six animorphs. Dang. Whoa. I don't know if that's anything. Is that anything? I don't know. Let's explore it. That's got to be something. Anyway, chess. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. We don't have to talk about this now. We can take it offline, but I'm just saying. Why would we take this offline? This is exactly what we should be talking about right now. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Obviously, Jake's king. Cassie has to be the queen. Yes. She's the other plotter yes. that can move all over the place. Oh. She has the inherent sense of the universe. Oh, God. Who's the pawn? I know who the pawn is. Oh, no! <laughs> who's the person that throws himself recklessly into battle, okay. sacrificing themselves okay. time after time yep. so the king and the queen can move wherever the fuck they want? I hate that. Okay. There's castling, which is a move where you can move the one of the rooks and the king. So that might be something. <laughs> just in chess just generally in chess that might be something you, you want to do <laughs> I don't know how the others move I know the knight moves in an L shape yes um, that's something bishop moves diagonally and then rook moves okay. um, vertically and horizontally I feel like the knights are usually used really early in the game mm-hmm. and they're pretty versatile so I'm kind of thinking axe I was just going to say axe, okay, too. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, especially because, like, got that weapon immediately mm-hmm. at the ready. And then okay. I kind of feel like bishops tend to come out next, and then uh, rooks are saved for kind of later in the game. I definitely want to say Tobias is a rook, not only because mm-hmm. of rook, which is funny. Oh, but, yeah, because um, it's a bird. Uh-huh. Not only because of that, but because I like the idea of the diagonal move, because he constantly surprises us with moves we don't expect. Yeah, which would leave Marco as the bishop. Oh, I like that. All right, our Animorphs chess analogy is complete. 
Yeah, especially because he sees a straight line A to B. Done. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, sorry. That. Good job. We've done it. That was something. That was something. I liked that. That was fun. We should do it with, like, Yahtzee next. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Yes, back to this whole argument. Uh, Cassie spied on Axe. She was a flea on his back as he went out there. And um, she's like, yeah, you want to tell everybody what you've done? And it doesn't go over well. Rachel's very pissed. Jake is very pissed. Everyone's very pissed. And uh, he acts very, like, hmm. Matter-of-factly says, they may resort to some extreme measures. They may have been talking about extreme measures. And Ava's like, oh my god, they're gonna fucking nuke us, guys! Uh, And then she starts going on like, yeah, Yurks are evil, but the Andalites are no saints themselves. And she starts guessing super correctly. She's like, I bet they want to concentrate all the Yurk forces here and then wipe Earth out of the universe. And then the Yurk forces will also be gone. And Cassie's like, yeah, that sounds about right. And that's when she like super admits that she spied on Axe. That's that's when she tells him she was a flea on his back. And Axe gets like Axe is like, things are fucked, guys. <laughs> Everybody knows shit's fucked. Do do do. Everything's fucked. And he's like, this is where it really comes into play, where he's like, maybe we need to make the general Andalite population aware that the military is kind of gonna do this. And also maybe about that thing on the Horkbizure homeworld, you know, the quantum virus. Maybe it's time that we like tell people about that because that is fucked and they're like talking about like how can we get through to the andalite population because all of our communicators go directly to the military and they're like fuck we gotta get on that pool ship again we can use the mass technology to punch through the andalite communications and speak directly to the people so they realize how far the military has overstepped and also we wanted the ship anyways and also it has weapons and all of these things are things we want and we've got to get the ship like it just has to happen at this point cool like toby was right we need it i need it end of story we need it (laughs) okay and then they definitely need the taxon on their side to take over the ship so they're like Fuck yes, we're doing that plan for sure. Jake was always doing that plan. Let's be honest. It doesn't matter. Jake was always doing the taxon plan, no matter what Axe said. It was going to happen. Arbron wanted Jake to come back alone to show them the morphing tech. And so at this point, he turns to Cassie and he's like, okay, I have to go back there to talk to them about this, to get the taxon on our side. We've got to do this. What is something that is similar to their bodies, but doesn't have the hunger? And Cassie's like kind of going on like, bug? No, they wouldn't want to be an insect. Like the uh, caterpillar, fuck that. And then she's like, ah, I have something. It might be something. I don't know if it's something, but it might be. And Jake's like, what's your guess? I Just tell me what your guess is. I need to know. And then he points out, like, you already guessed the morphing technology might weaken rather than strengthen the Yerks. And Axe might be conflicted. He says diplomatically. He's very mad. Mm -hmm. He wanted to call him a traitor. Um, And he goes, so I'll back your guess any day of the week. And Rachel's like, I think what Jake's saying is that he's very sorry he doubted you and treated you like crap. And Jake's like, that is exactly what I mean. Aw. Now we get to the strangest chapter maybe ever. (laughs) So Cassie and Jake break into the gardens. It's super simple. Nobody's there. It's closed. It was outside the blast perimeter, but like... There's only the dedicated zookeepers on staff right now. They're like, nobody's cleaning this place. There's trash everywhere. The enclosures are starting to smell. It's bad. And Cassie leads Jake over to the snake exhibit area. And he's like, ah, yes, a large snake. And she's like, anaconda. 
Um, she's like telling them like these are similar enough to the taxon bodies that, you know, it'll work for them, but their metabolism is also incredibly slow. So like they won't have to worry about hunger ever again. Like your biggest problem is going to be not falling asleep too much. And Jake kind of like dips out for a second to read the placard next to him. And he notices that like the main habitat for this snake is the Amazon rainforest. And Jake starts laughing. He goes, ah, thinking ahead, were you? And Cassie's like, I, it just coincidence. I think the body would work for them. If the rainforest gets protected, then like, I don't know, my bad, I guess. Okay, like, but how is that going to affect the ecosystem if you introduce a bunch of new anacondas into I know. the rainforest? Large predators. Just hundreds, right? thousands of large predators. Yeah, what the fuck? Are they endangered, though? Because if you're just like I... making up the numbers, <laughs> then... Wow. I just reached into the recesses of my brain oh, no. for Anaconda. I opened the folder and it was only <laughs> Sir Mixel. Okay, good. <laughs> I was purposefully not making a Sir Mixelot joke, but it, we got there in the end. <laughs> in my brain, literally, it was like, find the file folder on Anacondas, open that up, and it was literally just lyrics. My so Anaconda like, don't want none unless you got buns, huh? Oh, okay. That's a fact. Yeah, got that. Great. Fact. <laughs> fact they eat no sorry oh fuck uh you know whatever whatever it's fine whatever (laughs) it's if i had to pick of the two plants deforestation too many large snakes i would probably go with too many large snakes (laughs) i've had it with these motherfucking snakes (laughs) (laughs) on this motherfucking jungle It's just another bad decision that Cassie has to make with her gut, and she's just picking the lesser of two evils. Okay. Every zoo can have an anaconda. (laughs) Anacondas for everybody. Oh, no. Not very fun for the taxon, but whatever. I mean, they're just going to sleep all day and have stuff fed to them. That sounds pretty good. I'd go for that lifestyle. (laughs) And then Harry Potter will release you. (gasps) Thanks. I don't think that was an anaconda, but whatever. <laughs> I don't think so either, but I just went with it. This relating game is super fun, but we got to get back to snakes. <laughs> because what happens next is the weirdest fucking thing. So uh, Cassie leads Jake behind the scenes into this area where they could reach in and touch the snake. And Jake like hesitates because it is like a fucking 20 foot snake that's like gigantic And Cassie is super condescending. She's like, it's perfectly safe, Jake. And so he reaches and he touches the... I don't know. She... I don't know. She just got condescending. And this isn't interjection. This is what it says in the book. Black and white. On the page. Um, So he reached in. He touches the dry scales. And he's like, oh, still creepy. I expected it to be wet for some reason. Because everybody thinks snakes are wet. It's very weird. Um, He finishes acquiring the snake. And then stands up. They're wet if they're in the water, I guess. Like, <laughs> if it's raining, they would be wet. <laughs> Sorry. Is this just going to turn to a podcast where we name different scenarios where snakes can be wet? <laughs> oh no! I'm so sorry. Please continue. This is this is very important. We can no longer focus on how snakes can become wet because we need to talk about what happens next. Jake stands up and pulls Cassie over to him and they embrace in a very long hug where he tells her that he loves her and she replies that she loves him. And he says, listen, after this is all over, like, what are we going to do? 
And she like very quickly answers, oh, I'm going to go to school and become a doctor and like take care of animals. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're going to do. And legit, she's like, I don't know what the fuck you're going to do. And Jake's like, I don't know, go to go to college, figure it out, learn to drive a car, all that stuff, see what's going to go down. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Like, that's going to happen for you, Jake. And he wow. kind of goes off on this like the military won't accept me. I'm too young. What are they going to do? Want my opinion on things? Ha ha ha. And then he goes, well, what would you think if we got married? I know we're young, but we've been through a lot and that has to account for a few years. And Cassie's like, yeah, eventually I'd like to get married. But like, you know, things aren't like super clear right now how this is all going to go down. And then she agrees to marry him if he waits for a year. And then if he still wants to, then they can get married. And Jake's like, harsh, man, harsh. And then Cassie goes, if we get married, does Marco have to come live with us? And they're like, ha, 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 ha. Marco's just going to be like Frodo Baggins, like living in Sam's house <laughs> with his wife and children. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to spoil the ending of Lord of the Rings for anybody. Well, that's not the end end of Lord of the Rings. If we really want to spoil the end of the Lord of the Rings, we talk about how everybody went to the Grey Havens. Anyways, Jake has this moment where he's like, we're fighting for the first time ever with a glimmer of hope that we might win. And he thinks, I should be happy. I should be excited. And that's the end of that marriage proposal chapter. Yeah. I don't hate it. I just am very concerned about how that all went down. I Where are they going to get money for a wedding? How are they going to plan this? <laughs> At what parents are involved? In what state is this legal at 16? I have a lot of questions that Jake did not think through. Well, that's why they invented promise rings, I guess. Oh my the god, loves- can you imagine... The love-struck kids who want to get married, but they're too young to get married. So they're like, here's a promise ring. It's like a pre-engagement ring. I don't know. Can you imagine Cassie showing back up with a promise ring to the Animorphs camp? <laughs> she would get so much shit. What if What if they were, like, walking back out of the gardens and they stopped by those, like, like shitty, like, 25-cent machines and they, with the <laughs> ring inside? <laughs> and she got, like, one of those shitty, like tin rings where all the paint scrapes yeah. off the first time you wash your hands. Yeah. And it like stains your finger. Oh man. What if because this was around the time that Lord of the Rings was coming out, it was like a ring <laughs> the one ring, but like the shitty ones that you get out of the same vending machines mm. that turn green. One ring to rule them. What is happening on this podcast? God, I, like, I think I'm regressing. Like, I think you're witnessing me regressing in age backwards. Yeah. That's all I can think of. There's some weird shit happening. There's some super weird shit happening. So, whatever. We cut to Jake, who is told, absolutely come alone, bring no backup. Become, come here with yourself, with no one else, bring no one. And so, of course, he's there with all of his friends as fleas, except for Tobias, who's being a scout again. He goes to the spot where Arbron said to meet him. There's a yellow VW bug, and it's abandoned. And he's like, I guess I get in. This is the spot. And, like, nothing happens. So Marco's like, hey, man, crank up some tunes. And there's keys in the ignition. So, like, he turns it on. And we get this, like, super fucking depressing newsreel where it's like, the looting has slowed down some, but fires still burn amongst most of the downtown area buildings. Oh, my God. Back to you, Joan. (laughs) So Jake punches the thing again, and he gets, like, a second or so of music and then like the ground below them starts shaking and so he clicks it off 
And Tobias is like, hey, you do know the ground below you is opening up and is about to swallow you, right? And Jake's like, yep. And so he's like, buckle up. And so Jake puts on his seatbelt. But the car just like very much like it did last time just rolls kind of gently down this incline and it's like a very smooth ride down for however long until it goes into an open cavern and it just kind of rolls to a stop. Like the Taxon have transport technology down. Man, it was cool. Also, the tunnel closed up behind him, which was another cool detail. How? I don't know. <laughs> Collapsed it from above. I didn't have to build it. That's all I know. <laughs> I'm not an engineer of Taxon tunnels. Not an, <laughs> no Taxon engineer. I don't know what the like physics of this are. I don't know what the safety requirements are. Oh, whatever. So he gets to the bottom, and it, this car is completely surrounded by Taxon. And one in particular kind of like rears up over him, and he's like, dear God, I hope that's Arbron. And then it was, and he's like, please step onto my podium. And Jake notices that there's like a little podium down the way. And Arbron starts addressing them all in Taxon speech. And Jake's like, I don't know. It was just a lot of hissing. I don't know what he said. <laughs> and then he starts thought speaking so that everybody can hear what's going on. And so he introduces Jake as like, this man has killed many of our people, but also a lot of Yerks. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the stage, our number one killer. <laughs> oh my god, it was very distressing. And uh, so Jake goes up there, and he's like about to make a speech, and then he's like, eh, fuck that. So he just kind of steps off to the side and like starts morphing really slowly. And at first he goes to Tiger, and then back. And the whole time everybody's complaining, like, let us know, would you? It's like an earthquake down here. <laughs> um, then he goes to Dragonfly. And then back, and then finally, as he calls it, his pièce de résistance, the anaconda. <laughs> he slowly morphs, letting them get a super good look at this cool snake. And he is like, this creature, it is calm and quiet. It feels hunger, but it is controllable and far away. And they're all like, ooh, <laughs> snake. And uh, privately, Arbron's like, good job, Jake. You nailed it. What if what if all the Taxons like saw all these morphs and then they're like, I wanna be a tiger! Yeah, me too. <laughs> we all wanna be tigers. <laughs> it's like, no, but, but awesome. you have to be the, the snake. No, but the tiger is so cool. You gotta no, you gotta pick a snake. This is about snakes, guys. I don't wanna be a snake. a snake, I wanna be the tiger. What if one's like, I wanna be a dragonfly? <laughs> Some hopeful young taxon. <laughs> I wanna be a dragonfly, guys. I want to fly! I just want to fly! I just want to fly! I just want to fly! <laughs> <sighs> Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyways, they all cheer and agree. They hiss in agreement. And Jake says it's super fucking creepy. And then Arbron's like, go back to work, all of you. And Jake was like, dang, they listen to you. Wow, that's pretty cool. And Arbron's like, all right, tell your friends to demorph. They'd be more comfortable that way. And Jake's like, they would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they all start demorphing. And then, out of the shadows, footsteps. Uh-oh. Thus appears Tom. No. And Rachel immediately starts going to Grizzly. And Axe leaps towards him and puts his tail blade to his throat and Tom's like, yo, yo, chill out. Like, Rachel, no need to get all, like, up in arms about this. You are always, like, fucking nuts. And wow. Jake's like, no, keep going, Grizzly. You're not wrong. 
And um, Tom's like, come on, guys. Like, what's what's happening? I'm cool. And he's like, oh, so this is the whole crew, huh? Where's the bird? And Jake's basically like, knock it the fuck off. What do you want? <laughs> and Tom's like, well, I'm here to represent a faction of the Yerks that want something different. And then he just tries, like, negging them again. Like, <laughs> fucking Marco says, like, no, what do you want? Like, ABC, tell me what you're looking for here. And he's like, Marco, I always knew you were the brains of the operation. Jake was never that smart. And it's like, fuck you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Tom Zierk. Fuck you, Tom Zierk. Don't be a dick. Um, and so Tom lays it out, what he's here for. He represents a small group of Yerks that want to become morph capable, not their host bodies, but themselves. And he drops the bomb that he already is morph capable. Like his Yerk form is morph capable and has Tom as one of his morphs, which is super fucking creepy. He's like, and then he starts going like really off the rails. He's like, I've been carrying Vizzer one on my back this whole time. Fuck that. Fuck the Council of 13. Fuck Candrona Rays. I just want to be a cool thing. Fly off with my blade ship and just go do stuff. And Cassie's like, no, like, what are you going to do? Go terrorize some other innocent race? And Tom's like, actually, yeah, for sure that's what I'm going to do. I don't know why Tom's like this. He really is played like a weird surfer, cool guy kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of playing it up a little bit, yeah. but he is actually Yeah, no, like that's that. definitely the tone I was getting as well. Yeah. Um, so Tom's like, yeah, like in exchange for doing this cool thing for me, uh, I'll let you guys take the pool ship and I'll I'll help you guys do it. Here are the codes. And they're they're like, what wait, what? What the fuck is happening here? And he's like, also, I told Visitor One that the Analytes are shielded behind Jupiter watching what happens. That's not necessarily true. They are much closer than that. And Jake's like, Whoa, this is a lot of shit. And then he goes, Okay, grab Tom, let's take him. And so they go and grab Tom, like, they're going to drag him off and, like, get the yerk out of his head and finally save him. And then Tom's like, oh, those codes I gave you, by the way, yeah, you guys can probably crack those on your own, but I definitely said we should change those every 15 minutes now. So can you crack them in 15 minutes? And that's, like, the moment where it's like, fuck. Damn you. Everything's fucked. Damn you, Tom. So... Cut to the whole team flying away from this thing. And Jake is, like, reeling, trying to think this all through. But he can feel that Cassie is, like, desperately wanting to say something and holding back. And so finally he's like, what is it? And she's like, I had hoped this plan would work and that we'd gain an ally. They'd come together. We could make them see a better future with morphing. And now Tom Zirk has taken this thing that I wanted and twisted it and made this power grab and he's awful. And Jake's like, oh, God, she's blaming herself for this twist that nobody could have seen coming. So he's like... Listen, you can't always know the outcome of the situation. You just have to do your best, hope it works. But it, it's not clean like that. Like, it doesn't just happen easily. And Cassie's like, well, it's not right. Like, I, you know, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done blah, 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 blah. And Jake is very half-hearted with saying, like, you have to try to keep yourself out of the gutter. But, like, there's no way to fight a clean war, blah, blah, blah. But he's, like, kind of tuning her out now because he's got alarm bells going off in his head. And he's going, I've missed something. Why does Tom Zierk trust us? Why is he doing this? And he's like, maybe it's like old memories of me. He knows I'm trustworthy from when we were kids. And he's like, no, that doesn't seem right. And finally it hits him. Tom's Yurk is fucking angry. He wants revenge and that's going to make him take a risk. But he also thinks that the Animorphs are going to die. That's why he's so willing to do this because he doesn't expect them to live through this. So he's like, fuck, I know what he's going to do. 
And now I have a plan. And Jake has this shining Marco moment where he's like, all of the nagging suspicions fell into place. And I have a picture from A to Z of what has to be done. And he literally interrupts Cassie, who's still going to say, Marco, get me the chi. And Marco's like, not possible, dude. We've tried. We've gone to the compound. It's sealed off. There's no way to communicate with them. Can't do it. And he's like, go do it. I order you. Go do it anyways. And one by one, he sends off all the members of his team with tasks until it's just him and Rachel left. And he's going through this thing as he's sending them away. Like, I thought maybe Axe, but no, I need Axe with me. It has to be Rachel. And when it's just them, he explains his plan to her. And when he's done, she goes, okay, you were right to pick me. This was the right decision. And Jake's like, yeah, I I know. And she's like, it's not going to be Tom's Yurk. It's going to be Tom. And Jake's like, I know, I know. And uh, she just kind of says, you know, if it happens, don't blame yourself, okay? Like, none of you, don't blame yourselves. And then she angles away from him and flies off. And when Jake is left alone, he starts thinking about how if this plan works, he may be losing at least some of the people he loves the most, and he sent them all to their deaths. Oh, no! Yeah. Oh, no. I just, I love how this was written. I love how there's, like, just enough information to know exactly what he sent Rachel to do. Oh, it's so good. This was one of those moments where I'm like, oh, this is K. Applegate <laughs> writing right here. God, it's so upsetting, and yet it's so beautiful. I guess she really likes the word sanctimonious, because that was in there, like, six you times. sanctimonious <laughs> bastard! <laughs> So Marco shows up with Eric and we get almost no details of his mission other than that he was shot down twice and almost died both times. Oh, no, <laughs> for Marco. He barely made it back. He's like pissed. He shows up to camp like, I almost died twice, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh no, Marco. And, <laughs> and Eric is like, Jake, I'm so happy you're alive. And Jake's like, yeah, I'm so happy you're alive, Eric. And they're like exchanging these weird pleasantries <laughs> where Eric's like, I had hoped you guys would be doing well. And Jake's like, yeah, super well, dude. Uh, here's the thing. We need your help. And Eric's like, what can I do? What information can I get you? And Jake's like, actually, you're going to like help help us this time. Like for real. <laughs> and Eric's like, oh, like what do you, you know, I my programming, I can't do that. And Jake's like, super cool thing though, dude. Uh, Axe? Axe has this dude. Come here, Axe. Come on. Bring the dude, bring the guy over that I told you to get. And they drag Chapman over. And Jake's like, super cool, Eric. You, you're going to cooperate with us or we're going to fucking execute this guy. Wow. <laughs> <And> Jake's, <laughs> Jake's like, Axe, would you kill this guy? And Axe is like, yes, I would. He is a known controller, somebody who's contributed greatly to the war and its tragedies. And I would absolutely kill him. He is a war criminal. And Eric drops his hologram in this, like, display of force and starts swearing at Jake in some dead Mesopotamian language (laughs) like that fucking means anything. Shut up, Eric. Shut up, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) And Jake's like, it doesn't matter what you think. That's what's great about this plan. You do what we want or we kill Chapman. Cool, right? And they're all like, super not cool, Jake, but, like, okay. And so he then turns to Marco. He goes, okay, Marco, Eric's your property. If he tries to leave, we kill Chapman. Super cool. Axe, you're going to be in charge of killing Chapman, but also you're going to be calling the Andalites and telling them that we scored a major victory and we're going to be delivering a pool ship to them. And Axe is like, you want me to lie to my people? And Jake's like, 
no, I don't want you to lie to your people. You are going to lie to your people. I order you to do it. I'm your prince. It's going to happen. Oh my cool? God. Cool. I fucking love this so much. I do too. It's juicy. <laughs> so James is also there. And Jake's like, okay, we're going to need all of the auxiliary animorphs to go on this mission. Here's what we need. And James like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, no, I can't make them do it. Like, the younger ones are are still insanely upset. They've lost Ray. They haven't processed it. You know, we this isn't something we're used to. We said we'd fight, but, like, we can't do it right now. And Jake's like, actually, we made you animorphs to fight with us, and this is what we need you for, so you're going to do it too. And he just kind of snaps on all of them. He goes... This is it. This is our final stand. At the end of the day, some of you who I'm looking at right now are going to be dead. And I don't give a shit. The other options are the Yerks win, take over, kill us all. The Andalites win, they sterilize the planet, kill us all. So while some of you guys are very sad or whatever, or don't want to do this, this is our final stand. And this is how we're going to win and save the most people. So I don't give a shit. And he's like ranting and raving and going on. He says, oh my God, I feel like such a nut. I feel like a dictator. And when he finished, it was silent until Marco spoke. And he said, you sound like Rachel. Speaking of which, where is she? Oh, (laughs) this chapter. (laughs) This fucking chapter was so good. Like so bad, but so good. Oh my God, it was. Oh my god. Every like every point that Jake made, I was like, yes, yes, yes. And like he makes it very clear that what he is doing is terrible and awful and I should not be cheering, and yet here I am cheering. Yeah. I mean the alternatives are also not great, so Yeah, it's like I literally wanted to go through the page and grab James and start shaking him like you lost Ray, but if anyone else, like if you guys don't participate in this and like the Yerks or the Andalites win, you're losing fucking everybody. And like one of the points James makes is like, well, you know, some of these families, this is like their only kid. And it's like, well, they're going to have no kids if anybody else does this. So like risk it. Come on. And I totally get where he's coming from. He's not wrong. That's very valid. But I'm angry. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. This next chapter. The first part of it is amazing. So Jake is flying over the pool ship, recounting his interaction with Doubleday. We don't even get the scene where he goes to Doubleday after three days and explains everything to him. We get, like, Jake's memories of it because he's just replaying it in his head. And he found out, like that the first controller in Doubleday's army broke after 10 hours. He started running for the door, and he was warned to stop, but he didn't listen. So an MP shot at him and killed him, and Jake's like, oh, man. And he's like, he was aiming for his leg, but the guy slipped and fell, and they ended up shooting him in the head, after which the yerk came crawling out of the bullet hole in his head. Ew. Yeah. And Doubleday showed him the yerk that crawled out of this guy's head. And he goes, day two and three led to more men trying to break out and run for it. But at the end of everything, 17% of his force was infected. And now he has about a thousand men that are totally clean. Cool. And so Jake, it's very cool, Mm -hmm. right? So Jake reiterates this plan to him. And he's like, okay, we need you to charge the ship and provide a distraction. And Doubleday is like, just like, dude. We have such a light army here. We don't have the kind of firepower it takes to take on what you're asking us for. This is a lot. And Jake goes, it doesn't matter. I just need a distraction. 
And Doubleday's like, with all due respect, you're used to fighting a guerrilla warfare, and this is a cavalry charge. And he he likens it to the charge of the light brigade, which, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And Jake counters, and he's like, the Yerks fight one way, and that is everything they have goes at you. It's like fighting with a sledgehammer. And Doubleday is like, yeah, but if you have a big enough sledgehammer, that's all you need. And Jake's kind of, like, recounting this in his head as he's flying over and, like, oh, God, are we going to lose, like, shit? I'm, like, seeing all these holes in my plan now. This is super fragile. I don't know that this is all going to come together. And um, he's, he's just kind of lost in this thought. But it's interrupted as a Humvee approaches below him and Jake goes, okay, it's go time. So he dives and he's getting up to crazy speeds. He shoots through this wreckage of a building, like through an open window to bamboozle any sensors that may have been following him. And then goes screaming through the rear window of the Humvee and careens to a halt in there. And it's Tom and some unknown York driver. And Tom just goes, it's really distressing when you do that. And Jake just ignores him. He demorphs and he sees Cassie in the back. She's laying on the floor, handcuffed and very badly beaten, bleeding everywhere, eyes swollen shut. And Tom starts mocking him. And he's like, oh, I hope I didn't hurt her too badly. And Jake is really angry. He just goes, shut up. And Tom, of course, continues on going, oh, she bruised my knuckles. Fuck but you. She took it really well. <laughs> I know. It's you just want to strangle Tom. Oh. <sighs> And uh, he's like, but she barely cried out or anything. It almost didn't make it worth it. Like, super ass. You sadistic fuck. fuck. Jake reiterated, shut up. (laughs) And then Tom said, all right, time to get small, Jake the killer. And Jake makes this show of gently touching Cassie's face and then morphing. And by the time he was totally fly and was really up close to her, he could see with his compound eyes through the hologram to see the metal and ivory underneath. Oh, I loved how that was written. Oh, it was written so well. It was such a good reveal. Applegate. Then he calls out to Rachel, who says, I'm here, Jake. So they approach the entryway to the ship, and the guard stops them. And he's really hesitant because it's Tom, you know, head of security. And he's like, I still have to check your car. And Tom's like, of course, of course. I get really irritated by lack security. So the guard takes out this wand and scans it. And it's like no technology that they've ever seen. It's like a life form scanning thing. And he goes, sir, I'm showing only two complex life forms, you and the driver and some insects. And Tom goes, there's clearly three of us. And the insects are just, you know, native stuff, like not a big deal. And I'm going to go through the Gleet biofilter anyways. Not a big deal at all. And the guard tries to stop them again. And Tom goes, you know who this is, right? This is one of the Animorphs, and we want to take him to Visor 1. Are you going to stop me? And the guard kind of, like, backs down. It's like, okay, okay, go. And uh, so they continue driving, and it's, like, a while. Like, they go on for a while. And Jake is hiding out on Cassie. And at one point, Tom goes, hey, are you still there? And Jake, thought speak, replies, yeah, we agreed to work with you, not to chit-chat. And Tom, like, kind of laughs it off, and he goes, yeah, you guys are a surly bunch, except, you know, Rachel's been saying real mean shit to me. (laughs) And I love that Rachel has been harassing Tom this whole time. (laughs) It's just one small, like, bright spot in this. (laughs) She's great. Oh, man. She's so great. Eventually, they come to a halt, and Jake hears Tom start to address Visitor 1, and Jake kind of sees as Visor One leans over to inspect Cassie. And it's really weird because, like, he knows who they are, but in a very kind of, like, 
sort of like I've read this on the computer before, but I don't really know kind of thing. Like, yeah. oh, this is the one they refer to as Cassie, yeah. right? Like, and it's weird for him to call them Animorphs instead of Andalites. I know. But so good, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost half expected him to start saying Andalite and then, like, correct himself. Like, oh, So good that he finally knows. Yep. Man. Um, so Jake is hiding out on Cassie, and a moment later, there's this huge, like, slam. And it's because Visitor 1 has gone ahead and struck Cassie. And he's like, I'm going to kill her immediately. And Tom's like, well, like, let's just, you know, wait a second. There may be more to this. I have more stuff to tell you about. And Tom isn't able to even finish before they're interrupted by somebody yelling, Fizzer, Fizzer. And he's like, how dare you interrupt us? And Tom's like, no, 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 wait, wait, sorry. This is probably the report I'm looking for. Like, you'll find this super interesting. And Tom just blows wide open the whole taxon thing. Like, the whole taxon are defecting. Here's a very special taxon. Like, blah, blah, blah. You'll want to talk to this guy. And then he totally is like, oh, so there's a surprise attack incoming, so be prepared for hork forces, all the rogue forces, blah, blah, blah. Like, just spills the bean on, beans on everything. Mm-hmm. And Visor 1's immediately like, whoa, wait a second. What you're telling me is, like, all of these things are going to happen and we know in advance and also we act like got this taxon super lucky break and also we got an animorph super lucky break and like all this good shit's happening to me. He's like, I don't have good luck. Everything is shitty. This is, <laughs> this is a trick. Clearly, this is a trick. This is where it helps for to sure. be a pessimist. Yeah, exactly. He immediately is like, no, fuck this. Everything is wrong. And uh, he's like, and how do we know this isn't like an animorph trick and the taxon is a morph? And Tom's like, Easy, make that taxon eat the girl. And he's like, ah, okay, taxon, eat the girl. And without a second of hesitation, this taxon slams down on top of Cassie and starts consuming her. And it's like one of those like lawnmower legs kind of thing, blood seeping everywhere, parts flying, (laughs) screaming. Cassie's begging for her life as she gets consumed. And Tom's just sitting there like, bye, brother. It was cool it lasted. Bye. Ew. And uh, yeah, this like this was Tom's plan. Have them all sneak in on Cassie and then eliminate them all right here. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Cassie, as we know, is Eric, but the taxon was Tobias. <gasps> Surprise. Surprise. Yay. And so Eric makes a very good hologram while Tobias is playing his part of eating this giant robot dog that is Cassie. <laughs> and he like Eric's making this crazy hologram with like blood and gore and everything, blah, blah, blah. And Tobias is acting his part down to perfection to the point where he's lapping up the blood on the floor. And once it's all over, Jake is like, good job, Eric. And there's no response. And Jake's like, I didn't expect one. Also, he's very pissed at me. <laughs> <laughs> he's extremely upset. <laughs> He's extremely upset with what's going on. So I'm kind of antagonizing him just a little. (laughs) So now that it's all kind of gone down the way that they expected, Tom's like, okay, I'm going to go on the blade ship and go eliminate the taxon that are betraying you now. Cool. And Visor One's like, yeah, cool. And uh, they're like, the Animorphs in the background are like, okay, so there's no way those codes he gave us are good, right? And Axe is like, there's no fucking way. And also they're probably self-destruct codes. And Jake's like, okay, you and Marco, go break in with Eric. Go have fun. And then Visor 1 actually helps out at this point because he orders the hork to go out and execute the taxon, which is Tobias, which we then find out is 
fantastic news because now they don't have to come up with an excuse to leave to execute him. And all those Horkajur are Toby's people. Yay! So win, 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 win situation. So they all leave to their respective areas. And all we get at the end of the scene as they're disbanding is Rachel's voice fading quickly saying, doing good, huh, Jake? And she already sounds very far away. Jake lands on the ceiling and watches as they brought up the view screens. One of the bridge crew informs Visor 1 that there's an attack mounting. And at first they see only the military, the few tanks, some of the planes, the men. And they start setting the array for a wide dispersal of the Draken cannon. And what they want to do is cover the whole battlefield area and heat them up with the Draken beam and start cooking all of the soldiers alive in a very slow, very painful death with 100% casualties guaranteed. And then somebody notices that there's animals with them. And Jake can see the view screen, even through his distorted fly vision, and see them taking a closer look at this lioness that's with a troop of soldiers, a rhino, and he starts calling them out by name, who they are. And from up here, he can see this force looks pitiful. I hate this scene. This is awful. Visitor One gets very gleeful, and he says, reset the beam to precise shots. He's going to enjoy taking them out one by one, and he's going to rest easy knowing that the Animorphs are down there, and he's going to kill them all. Jake watches as Trisha gets shot. She was the rhino. She was starting to charge. Her back half completely dematerialized, and her front half ran for a few steps before falling over dead. And he wanted to intervene, but he kept telling himself, this was it. I can't blow it. We have to win. And he watches as one by one, every single one of the auxiliary animorphs is shot down and killed. Oh, God. He starts calling to Marco, saying, what's taking so long? And Marco is, thought speaks back in extreme pain, saying, we had a fight, and that's all the detail he gives. A notice goes up to the bridge, and it kind of interrupts Visor 1, who's focused on still shooting all of the Animorphs. And then a second later, somebody hops on and says, it's just a disciplinary action. He goes, okay, great, don't bother me with this shit. And there's some reports of maybe animal attack, and he kind of, like, it pikes his interest, but he's so focused on shooting down the auxiliary animorphs that he can't look away. Jake takes this opportunity to land right on Visor One's head between his stock eyes, because Axe finally admitted that that was a spot that they couldn't see. And Visor One asked them to save the tape of all of the animorphs dying, because he was going to watch that again and again. awful fuck. Once they're all eliminated... He sets the asks them to set the beam back to wide dispersal, and now they're going to take out all of the military guys. And Jake checks in again with Marco and Axe, and he says, almost ready. And Jake's watching as they trigger the beam, and some of the soldiers start to squirm. They can already feel it taking effect. And he goes, now or never, Marco. And then the ship starts drifting off course. And Visor One didn't get it at first. He goes, oh, God, some incompetent idiot in maintenance. And then he's like oh, wait a second. He starts realizing, oh, fuck. The Animorphs are on board my ship and they use Cassie as a Trojan horse and they snuck on with her. And Jake goes, not quite right, but you're getting closer. So Visor One calls the blade ship back to him. He says, return, there's Andalites, or Animorphs on board. And he goes, this ends now. And Jake silently agrees. Ugh. Jake sticks with Visor One as he sweeps down the hallway, flanked by hork and human controllers. He was ordering them to fire in engineering on medium Draken power. They're just going to flood the room to kill all life forms, and that shouldn't hurt the machinery. They're just going to slaughter everybody. 
Somebody tries to protest, and he, without missing a beat, breaking stride, cuts their head off and says, I'm ordering you into firing rows. You kneel down. You stay mid-level. Horkbusher fire over their heads. And Jake's like, okay, this is not going well. So he tells everybody, you're about to have enemy fire raining down on you. Get out of the way. Save yourselves kind of a thing. And then Jake leaps away from Visor 1 and starts heading off down the hall where the others have escaped to this room. The other Animorphs have escaped to this room and Axe is like, okay, come in here, shut the door behind him. Jake demorphs and Marco makes some funny, like, fancy meeting you here joke. <laughs> um, Cassie says, what's the ground situation? And Jake says, I don't know if Tom got to the Taxons. And Cassie goes, no, the men and James team. And Jake said, I think most of the men are okay, but James's team, I don't think many of them made it. And Cassie immediately loses it. She goes, oh my God, was Rachel down there with them? And Jake goes, no. And they're like, well, where is she? And he's like, I can't avoid it anymore. I have to tell them she's with Tom. And Tobias immediately reacts. He's enraged. He actually starts to call Jake a son of a bitch and then derails and is just like, what the fuck? And then he's like, how could you? And Cassie's outraged. <laughs> she, she doesn't even know what to do. Marco's only response was, oh, yeah, it had to be her. It, like, he just saw it immediately. <laughs> Jake's like, okay, I have to communicate with Toby. So he starts morphing Tiger. And Tobias just keeps saying, don't you let her die. And Jake orders Toby, once he's in morph, to trap all of the controllers in engineering and shoot anyone or anything that tries to leave. And Cassie goes, that, that's not going to hold Visitor 1. He's morph capable. And Jake says, don't worry about that. He's not going to touch them. He's going to come after us. She'll be fine. They just have to hold the hork and the controllers. So the team takes off running towards the pool part of this ship. And they are kind of fighting along the way, but like it is very scarce. There is one or two controllers that are in the hallways, human or hork and a lot of them are just running when they see them. They're not even trying to get into a fight. They run into like one small like military type unit with a couple people, and it's seconds that they're dispatching them and continuing towards the pool. Once they get to the pool, they encounter the real resistance because there's a lot of controllers down here. They launch into this battle. They're fighting, but like so many hork on top of them. And Jake ends up fighting, pressed up against Axe. And they're kind of like trying to fight their way over to this ridiculous looking booth that controlled the pool. And they cannot get there. They are being completely overwhelmed. Then a hork launches over Axe's back and starts fighting for them. And Jake realizes, oh, Marco has been opening the cages. And there are like freed hork fighting for us now. So once they get that extra force, the tides of this battle starts turning. And they're able to fight their way up to this booth where Axe slices it open. Marco tears the hork out of the booth and then, like, does a terrible doorman impression as a gorilla holding it open <laughs> for him. Thank God for Marco. <laughs> Thank God for Marco. <laughs> so Axe starts messing with this control booth and he says... You know, they need this booth because sometimes they have to do maintenance. To do maintenance, they do have to drain the pool. And the pool right now is at capacity. And Jake's like, yeah, okay, cool, cool. And Axe continues like, oh, this is all the Yerks that they've rescued from Earth. And they also brought in a fresh batch to get human hosts. There's a total of 17,372 Yerks in this pool. And Jake freezes. He goes, how can I give this order? How can I do this? I can't. It's, I can't do this. And he's like, but it's not my fault. They came here. They attacked us. It's not my fault. And Jake says, flush them. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. 
Happy genocide! Let's, <laughs> let's go through the last chapter and then let's talk okay, about okay, this. Okay, 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 okay. So the team rushes to the bridge. Jake's head is spinning with this whole, it's not my fault, they attacked us, it wasn't me, it's his fault. If anything, it's his fault, not me. And then they made it to this bridge. And when they get on there, they find the skeleton crew and Visitor One staring into this frozen crystalline yerk cloud that had just drained into space with 17,000 some odd dead yerks. Like, genocide. And... They're just, like, Visor One's dejected. He doesn't really try, like, his normal bravado or anything like that. He just starts this, like, really defeated monologue. Like, I was defeated, and it was by my own people. It was a traitor. It wasn't, it wasn't you. It was a traitor in my midst. And then he makes some comment, like, I was betrayed by my own trusting nature. And Marco, like, has to stifle a laugh, because he starts laughing. And I was like, oh, shit, this is super serious. I can't do that. And Jake says, well, you still have enough power to fire two shots, disabling the blade ship and saving yourself. And Visor One says, oh, we're going to do just that. But unfortunately, the power is being drained from the ship as we speak by some other traitor. And Jake realizes Eric is draining the ship of power. So he just starts going like screaming and thought speak. Eric, stop. You think you're doing the right thing, but you're making it worse. Stop draining the ship. And they all watch together. Visor One, the Animorphs controllers as the pool ship tries to fire two shots on the blade ship to disable the engines and both shots missed they watch as the blade ship turns towards them shoots out their engines and disables them with two giant blasts that rock this ship to its core they are hailed visor one brings up the view screen and it's tom saying oh looks like you're having some engine trouble and then tom spots jake and freezes and he says you're not dead and Visor One goes, I noticed the very same thing. And Tom starts panicking, and his panic infected his whole crew. They start bringing the blade ship around to bear. Their first instinct was to fire on them, kill the threat. And Tobias starts pleading with Jake in this moment. And Jake gives a really simple order. And it's, Rachel, go. And that's the end of this book. Oh my good god. Fuck. I hate it. I hate it. I hate all of this. I, I, no. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> as soon, God, as soon as Jake flushed all those yurks, I was like, and there goes Jake. Bye. Because <laughs> he was like, they're aliens. They're parasites. They're subhuman. And as soon as he said subhuman, I was like, Oh. Yeah. Okay. Past the point of no return. And, like, I think part of the reason that it's so monumental is that Elfangor had the same choice Mm -hmm. and chose against it. Mm -hmm. And Jake has had to make that choice twice before Mm -hmm. and has not done it. Yep. Yep. That's, yeah. I thought about that, too. And... I remember making many predictions about, like, Marco would flush all the Yerks, but Jake would never. Yeah. Oh, I was dying when you were saying that. I just, I didn't know that was going to come back in this way. I really didn't. But that was, like, that was the checkmate. And it was, like, totally an accident, right? Like, all all they wanted to do was, like, capture the, the, the pool ship. And then they just, like, happened upon, like, 
fucking all of the Yurks, and they were just like, oh, we have an opportunity, bye! Like, holy shit. I mean, they went to the pool for a reason. They were headed towards the pool. I don't know that they knew that there was going to be yeah. 17,300 some odd Yurks on there. Yeah. This whole book was just about, like, fucking, I think it was last book, where they kept saying, we won't become the Yurks. Like, we will not. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the only way we can really win is to just, like, hold on to one shred of humanity. And this book was just like, actually, no, there are no compromises in war, and you just have to fucking win. And yeah. that really sucks. Like, that that just, I mean, it's it's very powerful and it's very true, but it really sucks. It's, I think, like, this is the point where a lot of kids' books would be like, we won it with friendship, and we found yeah. a way to, to capture the enemy rather than kill them. And this book is just like, actually, no, it's all bad. <laughs> like, this is the only, like, really true depiction of war. Like, not that I would know, but, like, this is the only true depiction of war that I've seen in, like, a young adult thing before. For sure. I agree. And also, how would I know either? But, I like, I absolutely agree that this is, this is one of the moments for me where it's, like, Applegate respected kids enough to give them this to mm-hmm. chew on. Like, like, it doesn't feel good, you know, when Jake mm-hmm. makes it onto the bridge, even though we can kind of... I say we, even though normal adults can articulate more what they're feeling when they read this and like why and how it's good or bad or anything, the simplest I'm a child reading this book is Jake does this thing and he goes to the bridge and it should have been the moment of victory. You have Visor 1, he's dejected, you've clearly won, and it feels so bad. I I was like, I kind of wish... I had read these books as a kid. Like, I I don't know how it would have shaped me as a person, but, like, I really, I would be so curious to know, like, what would have happened and how things would have turned out if I had read these books. Like, maybe, maybe I wouldn't be fundamentally different as a person, but, like, I feel like I can't fully, I don't have, like, the full Animorphs experience because I didn't read them when I was younger, in a way. Or I just, I rather, I have a different Animorphs experience because I didn't read them. I don't know if it's better or worse, but like, God. Right, but it's just, it's different because it's, yeah. Ah! And fucking Vizzer 1 shooting all of James's people like fish in a barrel. Oh my God. That was like probably the harshest scene in any book. Like, I think- And this was- like, a book with a lot of harsh scenes. Yeah, like, we've seen so much bad shit, but, like, that was just, like... I, I the, the whole time I was like, please let that be, like, the chi projecting holograms. Like, please, it has to be. Like, there's no way these poor kids are getting murdered in cold blood and, and Jake is just watching this. Like, this has to be a hologram, and it wasn't. And I was just like, fuck. Yeah. Ugh. It's really awful. That's another thing about these books is that, and I'm assuming this is going to happen to some degree in the next book, is, like, in a lot of young adult series, like, right before a beloved character dies, 
there's usually like a moment where somebody is like holding them in their arms for their last moments. And that's not how it is in real life. People just die. And this book depicts that like they didn't like the last thing that James got to say in the book was like, I can't put my team through this and we don't say goodbye to him. And like, cause we can't, there's no time. And it's just so horrifying <laughs> and, and real. And the fact that like, we don't get the view from the ground mm-hmm. with the auxiliary team, but they were <laughs> watching their friends get just slaughtered mm-hmm. and they never knew that they were dying. It was one second they were there and the next yeah. There was nothing. Yeah. God. Yeah. We don't get any sort of scene where we get to say goodbye to anybody. Mm-hmm. None of this is good. <laughs> oh. And then it fucking ends on the the way that it does. And I'm so... I'm... I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so filled with dread. I'm so filled with dread. Me too. And it's like... I know what happens. I just don't want to to read it, you know? <laughs> like, I, yeah. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm going to be interested to see, though, is, like, how they do the next book. If they're just going to pick up right where they left off and take it very linearly. Or if, like, the book's going to open and be, like, six months after the war. And then they're going to, like, flash back to how that played out or something. Like, I'm really interested. And I'm also really interested to see how much of the book is after the war wind down. Because, like, I feel like there's a lot of, not loose ends to tie up, but there's a lot of things that I would like to know how it shook out. Like, like what, what the Andalites did and, like, where Axe ended up and, you know, like, shit like that. Yeah, i can't say anything i mean other than the stuff we've covered with like the horrifying end to Mm -hmm. the auxiliary team and i mean that's awful and the fact that we almost got to see a thousand men cooked alive over the course of several minutes Mm -hmm. and then we did see a mass genocide of yerks do you want to do character rankings? Yeah. I don't even know if it feels right, but I'll try. Yeah. Okay. Uh, tell me about Cassie. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like faced with this like prospect of ranking all the characters and I'm just like staring off into the middle distance like, uh. <laughs> that like same, like I don't even know if it feels good to do it. I'm like, should we not until next book? Like, because... Yeah, maybe we should hold off on this one. Okay. I don't know. It just doesn't feel good it to feels, do. It feels like the first part of a two-parter, which I don't know if that's the case and don't, you know, you don't have to tell me, but like, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, like, what are you, what are we going to do? Like, give them fives all around? Like, yeah. With, <laughs> what are we going <laughs> to about you <laughs> what are we gonna do with jake i mean he just commit mass genocide is that a zero what does that mean i i don't know but then not only did he do that then he won the war effectively he got he has visor one yep but then did he win the war because i wish i could hug you oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, man 
Um, sorry, I guess I should do an outro and stop being a giant fucking baby. <laughs> uh, let's see. If you want to email me, you can do that at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. You can Facebook message me on the Andalite Bandalites page on Facebook or at facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous, which is our super secret, super awesome Andalite Bandalite group. Uh, you can tweet at me at Animorphs Anon, or you can look at all the shitty images I create on Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous. <laughs> uh, we also have a Discord. Um, if you want the link to our super awesome Discord, uh, just add us, email us um, somewhere. Or join the Andalite Bandalite group on Facebook, and you'll get the link to that. We'll hook you up if you want that. Um, please okay. also find our podcast on all of the other podcast hosting sites that ever existed. If you would like a bright spot in these trying times, please, Casey, tell me about your comic. I have a webcomic. It's not as sad as Animorphs is. Um, it's called... It's not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's pretty lighthearted. Um, it's about music and romance. It's called Beside You. And you can go read that at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U-Comic.com. Please go look at it. And also I have a Patreon uh, if you want to see early pages. And I do. And Alex does, because she's and awesome. And I do. I do when I do. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Let's sign off. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to you next book. It's going to be fucking awful. And I'm sorry, but we're going to get through this together. Can we drink? We're going to probably have to towards the end of it. Okay. For sure. All right. All right. Sounds good. Bye.